all. Welcome to the Eric St. Show podcast, the daily show where I discuss news, nonsense, and my personal adventures each and every day of the work week from the Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, okay, so let me get right into it in what turned out to be a horribly, well, it started out great, but it turned out to be a horribly awkward moment for your old pal, Eric Zane. And I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Let me just say, though, that um, I was uh, fortunate on Friday to be invited to uh, be part of a awesomely successful and fun event in Detroit. Some of you may have actually seen it. Uh, that is, who are these podcasts live in Detroit? A little bit of background. Try not to bore you with the background. Sometimes I go too deep on the background. And then it's like, okay, shut up, asshole. Um, but so here they are. Who are these podcasts? Show that I've talked about for quite some time. And the reason why they're in Detroit is because Drew from the Drew and Mike show, he started to listen to that show some time ago and uh, similar to what, what I did, but before I did, and then uh, made friends with Carl from the show. And Carl has built this show from the ground up. And that is, uh, you know, that's a little different than what someone who is, uh, of course, in radio and then says, hey, I'm doing a podcast now. And you send all your audience over to a podcast or as much as your audience as possible uh, off to the podcast platform. Carl just one day started to do a podcast. And then by word of mouth and whatever the fuck, it caught on. So that's awesome. Now. When it comes to the radio show, the Drew and Mike show, you have to understand this. And I've, d I've gone down this road before with you. For those of you who aren't aware or did not grow up in Detroit or listen to Detroit radio, which I did, um, you have the Drew and Mike show, the most successful morning radio show in the history of radio in Detroit. And I'm not even shitting you. Of all the morning shows that have come and gone, uh, none have um, had as much audience or success as this show. As time would pass, because radio's kind of nutty, um, they found themselves on the outside looking in like a decade ago, and uh, that's it. No more on the radio. Drew ends up uh, hanging on on another radio station with uh, his, his uh, sidekick Mark, co-host Mark on another radio station. Did not work out, so then they're left holding the bag. Whatever happened to Mike? Mike passed away, tragically. Almost four years to the day it was October 16, 2022. I know that because it is the exact same day that my mother died. Uh, she died on October 16th, 2020. Um, all right. So Drew starts doing a podcast and it, it's fantastic. It's a very similar uh, daily show. And uh, he's got the whole cast, obviously, with the exception of Mike. And uh, there you go. A little bit more history, I'll, uh, Reader's Digest version. In 1998, through some weird circumstance, I've covered this before, I find myself on that show for a short period of time because Drew had to get back surgery. And uh, for some reason, they thought it would be a good idea to put another person in there. I don't know these people, but they say, hey, you can have that job. All right, I'll take it. I'm 27 years old. Okay, great. And uh, I sit down with the show, and it was a, a complete disaster. But whatever. No big deal. 
Okay, now, um, by the way, I ended up uh, having a couple of great conversations with Drew. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, just uh, awesome to be in the same room with a show that uh, has such a has unbelievable history in radio in Detroit, and there was like 350 people there that are just cheering him. And it, it, the, the guy hadn't been seen in public uh, in years, you know, doing a live show like this. So that was that was awesome to see everybody. Well, now there's the lady that does the news on that show. Well, I take it back. She did the news. Now she's one of the co-hosts with Drew. And it was Trudy. Now, Trudy has been around forever, too. It's awesome. And, uh, well, back in 1998, she was part of this whole thing. And uh, so I have an op. Now, I, I, I see Drew. I t- hey, Eric, how are you? Good to see you. All right. Hey, buddy. Because we have communicated here and there over the years. He was on WATP at about the same time that I was on uh, a few months ago or whatever it was. Uh, and maybe, oh, geez, that was probably a year ago. But anyway, um, and then I see Mark. I talk to Mark. Hey, Eric, how are you? Okay, great. Awesome. I see Trudy. I go, well, I'm going to go up and say hi to Trudy. Now, this is where it gets fucked because I think I did a little bit of don't you know who I am in assuming that she would know who I am. Now, uh, this is what I assumed. I assumed that, well, it's never good to assume, especially me, uh, that she would recognize me. You know where this is going. You you know exactly where this is going. So I see her, and uh, one of the things I know is that she looks the same now as she did when I worked with her in 1998. So we're talking almost 25 years ago. Uh, so as soon as she walks in, I I know exactly who she is, of course, and uh, why wouldn't I? Well amazingly guys i don't know if you know this but uh most people would have realized and and i didn't that um uh no one gives a shit about what the hell i've done so it wouldn't be out of the uh, realm of possibilities for her to never have even paid attention to anything that has taken place with your old pal eric zane since 1998 so why the fuck i thought that i could get in front of her and say Hey, how are you? And she would go, oh, hey, Eric is nuts. It's stupid. But that's what happened. So uh, I, I'm standing next to her. I've got a water bottle. and She's having a conversation with someone. And I'm waiting my turn patiently. And uh, I want to go up and reintroduce myself or say hello. And and uh, she's standing there. And uh, she turns around. And, and I go, hey, Trudy, how are you? And she goes, well, I'm, I'm well. How are you? I go, you look fantastic. So I'm thinking, this is great. And she goes, well, so do you. I'm like, well, this is just as I remembered. As pleasant and sweet as always. And she says, for having just met you. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So the, I, I made this ridiculous assumption that she would know exactly who I was. And uh, I go, Eric Zane. Oh, uh, oh, okay. Oh, fuck me. And she goes, you look different. (laughs) 
I don't even know. Now, I, one one percent of me is like, well, maybe I look a million times better now. Uh, may, and I don't know. Do I look that different? Well, I mean, my hair is white now. It was brown then, dark brown. Am I that much uglier? Oh, my God. And I wanted to just crawl away and die. And uh, it was just, okay. I'm so glad it happened, though, because of the level of awkward. It was just spectacular awkward. In the history of awkward, it may be the most awkward. Oh, man, was that spectacular. And uh, I haven't spoken of it till, till this. I didn't, I didn't talk to Carl about it. I didn't talk to Drew. I wanted to save it. Um, now that they're going to hear this, I'll send it to them. Hopefully they will, but Jesus was that stupid of me. What an asshole. And the thing is, it didn't need to happen because it's not like we're pals. I worked with her for a few months, you know, a quarter century ago. Why did I feel the need to go up and say, hi, I should have just left it alone. If... If there was any desire for her to say hello, she would have seen me doing the show and if it, hey, oh my God, it's good to see you again. Perhaps that would have been okay. I need to learn to chill. Holy shit. What an asshole I am. It's really, really awful. Maureen says, how could she forget your, your voice? No, no, it's not. It's not like that. Oh. Corey says different means old. Uh, was the wart still on your warty witch nose at the time? It wasn't nearly as profound as when I actually, from when I actually got it removed. But anyway, thank you so much. Oh, Josh says it's karma. It's karma for all the times that you've forgotten names. Uh, Maureen says, I hope it was as awkward as when you forgot you had already met me in person. That was pretty awkward, too. That was pretty awkward, too. I must admit. But so, yeah, I I, I think that this is karma, karmatic, karma-like, karma in scope. Aram, did she say, hey, chief? Aram, your name came up around the campfire this weekend at the uh, Grayling getaway. My uh, niece, who uh, she's like, so uh, does Aram really write those questions every week? I go, yeah, she listens to Dear Meathead. I go, yes, and, and dad loves him. So welcome. The, it, was, uh, it was something for me because I drove all the way to Detroit from here. I got all my work done Friday. I drove all the way to Detroit, two and a half hours. Boom. Do the show. It was sweet. It was awesome. It was fun. Uh, everything worked out fantastic. And then I get done and have to drive three hours, three plus hours up north. Okay. I get up there at 1.30 in the morning, Fear Bunker North. It's absolutely pitch black. And I look up at the sky and there's um, a meteor shower. And it was I, I've never seen such frequency of meteors. Just pew, 
everybody's asleep. I've got a, I've got some guests that are up there. Um, my uh, stepsister and her family are all up there. And so I, I get up there and I was like, I'm, I'm actually taking a pee with my head looking straight up. And incredible. It's like fantastic. The stars are so bright when you're in a dark park setting, which is there's absolutely no light whatsoever. And uh, the that they actually appear to cast a shadow, almost like a backdrop of stars behind the tree. Rom says you should take the telescope up there. I did, but I'm struggling with that thing. I've always struggled with that. I think it's just a little too shitty for me to figure out. That thing is, I don't know if I damaged it or what, but it's just not working. Uh, I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. I know I did. It was busy. It was fun. A lot of driving, but a lot of relaxing. Got to see my dad. He did awesome. Uh, 89 years old, coming up in March. Always good. Saw Joanne, Charity Scam Mike, my stepsister Elizabeth. Very, very good. I want to thank you for being part of this show. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, I'm going to say goodbye to you now, though. If you want the rest of the show, you must go to twitch.tv slash Eric Zane Live. Twitch.tv slash Eric Zane Live. You can also download the audio podcast. I will post it to all the usual spots online. Uh, Apple uh, Podcast. Um, what do you call it? Spotify, whatever. Or just get it on my website, ericzaneshow.com. And uh, download it. I'll post it shortly after I finish this show. So I say goodbye to you now. Off you go. Facebook and Twitch brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. Twitter brought to you by Blue Frost IT. And YouTube brought to you by Frank Fuss, My Policy Shop Insurance. If you ever want to reach me, you can send me an email on the Shoreliners Striping Inbox. Eric at EricZaneShow.com. Okay, um, I was solo. I didn't have um, Diana up north with me, and she let me borrow her car because the thing just gets such awesome mileage. I didn't want to spend all that money on gas driving the truck, which gets like horrible gas mileage. I get home, and I'm like, you know, this car is an absolute disaster, especially the inside. I got to clean it up really well for her, you know, and I... Uh, and then she's going to come home. She's going to see me working on it. And uh, she's going to be in a great mood. She would be anyway, of course. I don't want to make it seem like she needs to see me doing something for her to be in a great mood. But uh, so uh, she took my truck and she went over to Jackie's house. She's getting close. Now, I don't know this, but something bad has happened. Uh, she hates driving this truck. Now, when it comes to driving and backing out of the driveway and for a, periods of time, I am a terrible driver. Looking at the phone, not looking behind me, smashing into cars. The vehicle that I'm cleaning, I'm waiting on my uh, date that I have to drop it off at the body shop because I sideswiped uh, uh, Madison's car in the driveway because I'm an idiot. Backing out. I've got, it's a 2022. I've got a, every uh, bell and whistle on the car to tell me that there's a car behind you. And yet I still manage to sideswipe going two miles an hour. Madison's car. Backup camera. 
all sorts of alarms going off. Does that stop me? No. So, yeah. I have no room to talk. And I'm not going to. I am not going to say, hey, uh, you're a terrible driver. I take it back. She is terrible at things like what I'm about to describe to you. Uh, Spatial issues. I just don't pay attention. Okay. Um, But Diana is like, okay, I think I can get through that and then smashes the car into something. But so, yes, she has wrecked my truck. Um, but it's not, my problem is the way she told me, I, I I'm here in the driveway working on the vehicle. Now for a little context, when I smashed her car, the way I was just describing to you, um, I was like, ha, huh, well, maybe I can lie about it. Maybe I can take, I was actually backing up, going to the Y I did not, uh, wasn't successful backing out of the driveway. And then when I did, I noticed what I did. I then drove away from the house considering making up a story and lying to her ears. Uh, But I did not. After about 30 seconds of considering that, I called her and I said, hey, I wanted to let you know. And I I filled her in. She was very, very upset. And I was like, I am so sorry. And uh, I know what I have to do first thing tomorrow. And that is schedule the appointment to get this thing repaired. And that is, of course, without a without a doubt going to happen. And so it's all it's all done. I'm 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 getting that thing repaired in uh, in a couple of days. In fact, um, all right, great. So, um, and that's why Aram he writes this was karmic for what she may or may not have done to Hot Wings truck. Uh, uh, unfortunately, you're mistaken. She did not. She didn't do anything to the truck. So shut up. Let me finish my story for once. Okay, can I just get through the story without you trying to have to be the center of attention? Can't can it be the Eric Zane show for just one full day? Can I just sit here and do my show without you having to get attention? All right, it's like you're you're you you you've become Kenny and Amanda. Wouldn't it be nice to just have Eric be able to tell do his job? Wouldn't it? So I'm giving you context of how I handled it when I smashed her car. Apologetic. I'm so sorry. Diana pulls into the driveway. And uh, I'm, I'm waving and smiling. And I don't notice that the driver's side uh, mirror is held onto the vehicle with duct tape. It's taped onto the, to the car to, to keep it from falling off. And she goes, hey, this, um, how did she say it again? Oh, she goes, uh, this here. And she's pointing at it. She goes, now we're even. I'm like, huh? Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, hit this on the way out of the garage. Now we're even. I go, uh, okay. Wow. All right. And so I'm just looking at her. And uh, so I'm I'm kind of ticked off at, hey, now we're even. I don't give a shit about the truck. In fact, I have a replacement mirror for that mirror because that mirror wasn't that great to begin with, to be honest with you. But 
you know, she assumes that, hey, whatever, it's okay because you did it to mine. So, hey, now we're even. And I'm like, I'm just looking at her. I didn't say a word. I didn't say shit. And then she starts to pull into the garage. And I go, okay, well, just don't do any more damage to it. You're, uh, please be careful when you're pulling into the garage. And then she is about to do more damage to the vehicle because uh, to the left of the uh, truck as she's driving through the garage doorway opening has about two inches. To the right has about three feet. And I go, stop. And she's going to hit it because the wheels are turned to the left. She, she never straightens out the wheel. Uh, one of the things that she doesn't get is how she doesn't know when the wheel, she doesn't have a vibe for when the wheel is actually, when the wheels are straight. Okay. And though, and though, you know, the, the steering wheel is, is, is turned and you can tell because it's turned and the vehicle's veering sharply to the left. She doesn't have the spatial, there, there's an issue there. And I guess what I'm saying without making it sound insulting is where I struggle backing out and just losing the ability to pay attention. She, she struggles with the spatial things like I'm describing to you right now. And, and so there's all these factors and I go, stop. What? What? And she's defensive. I go, put it in park. And can you climb out the passenger side? Why? I go, because you're going to hit the garage. And that would be just ridiculous. And uh, she starts to uh, move, and I and she starts to reach for the door handle. I go, no, no, go out the other side. And she didn't tell me she was doing it, but she was reaching to roll up the window. But I don't know that because she didn't tell me. I just think she's reaching for the door handle. I go, and so I said, no, go out the other side. So she gets pissed off at me because she thinks I'm getting pissed off at her. No, no, no. Just so she climbs over. I have to go after she gets out. I have to climb into the passenger side to get the vehicle into the garage without further damaging it. And then she's got an attitude. And she goes into the house and doesn't say a word to me. I haven't seen her all weekend. Now, I want you to know that I was awesome in the next moment because uh, I waited about a minute and I walk inside and she's there and you know, sit house. I don't want to do this in front of Kevin cause he's going to freak out fucking hot water, burn baby and start stomping around. I go, Hey, can I talk to you outside? I go, yeah, I don't care about the mirror. It's how you told me. Most people don't just, when this happens, they don't just go, hey, uh, now we're even. That that shouldn't those shouldn't be the first words out of your mouth. You know? Now, if you said to me, honey, this happened, and then I started to act like an asshole, and then then, okay. You you uh I think you have the uh right to say, hey, you know what? Now you know how I felt. But she didn't do that. She opened with, now we're even. 
It's a little fucked, isn't it? I don't know. I think you're old. My feelings were hurt is what I'm telling you. I know. Boo. I'm like, what? How the? You got. That's bullshit. When I damaged your vehicle, I didn't say, hey, look, uh, too bad. You know, I mean, that's bullshit. So uh, I, I said to her calmly, because you know me. I mean, say what you will. But I'm always diplomatic, calm, and uh, I handle things wonderfully. Always have. And I stand by that. That is why um, I always have wonderful relationships with people. And never, ever have I had moments where people who, I, you know, uh, were like friends of mine or audience members and suddenly they're gone and upset at me. It's because of this trait, this quality, this rapport I have with people. So, uh, she comes out and I say, Hey, yeah, I, I think that the, uh, schematic on this whole exchange was a little wonky with how, how you handled that. And, uh, she apologized. Had a nice long hug. Good to go. Everything was fine. Does anyone know? Okay. Now, the reason why this is annoying, though, is, yes, I have the replacement part for it. I have two mirrors, that can, and I need them both now. They're, they're, they're both fucked. But it, changing these things out is, man, you ever, like, get that uh, mode of ambition? And, and uh, I, I've been successful. You watch a YouTube video, and you're like, hey, I can do that shit. And then, okay, it's awesome. But this... Oh, fuck. I watch a YouTube video on how to replace a uh, mirror on a 03 Silverado. And, oh, boy. Seemed a little complex. Uh, I wonder if uh, Megan and anybody at Irvine's, if that's an Irvine's job or if that's a Riverbend body shop job. We'll have to see. Might have to tap my uh, uh, resources. Uh, Cole says, don't forget that you're very humble, Eric. Yeah, that's true. Josh says, it almost sounds like she tried to do it. Jesse drops, this is why men are better drivers. Uh, Josh says, go to Riverbend Body Shop with Eric's famous 0% discount. Ram. Wants to be uh, on the show. Says, is this how bad drivers argue? Shut up. Jesse says, my mother-in-law managed to scrape the hood of the brand new Silverado on the garage door. She took it to the dealer and tried to have them paint it to cover it up. <coughs> oh, God. Linda, I don't know, I'm not sure what she means by this. Uh... I'm sure someone would come over to your house to fix it. I hope not. Uh, Maureen says, no point getting all upset. Can't undo it. Might as well move on. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't have a problem with, uh, with moving on. I just have a problem with, yeah, now we're even. You know? So, all right. Whatever. Kissed and made up. Good to go. 
The Patreon happens right after this podcast. I would love you to be part of that. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. Five or ten bucks a month if you are happy with the free podcast. Throw a five or ten dollar donation at Patreon. You get 15 plus hours of content each and every week. I put a lot of work into that thing and I would love you to check it out. I will post the Lost Zane recordings today as soon as I get done with this show. All right, so there you go, patreon.com slash Eric Zane. And the open and live stream of today's show brought to you by My Policy Shop Insurance. Okay, there is no reason to not have health care. Gone are the days when you throw your hands up in the air and say, well, I don't have, uh, my my employer doesn't offer it, or I'm self-employed, or I'm in between jobs. I just have to go without. You don't do that. That can be catastrophic. Uh, healthcare.gov is the way that it's done these days. That's the way I've done it for years and the way you should too. In order to get your insurance though, you got to get started on the application. That can be tricky. It also can be time consuming. Have Frank Fuss from My Policy Shop Insurance do it for you for free. Everything Frank does for you is free. Mention my name when you reach out. 616-914-4070. For my policy shop insurance, Frank will get back a hold of you and uh, help you out every step of the way. Okay, comedy coming up this week. Full house comedy in Grand Rapids. You've got uh, Nimesh Patel at the listening room coming up on Tuesday of of all dates. So tomorrow, October 4th at the uh, listening room in beautiful Grand Rapids. And then the multi-talented Jessica Curson is in town later on in the week. Go to fullhousecomedy.com. I see Dan Cummins from Time Suck Podcast fame is coming up. Uh, that will be at the listening room on Friday, October 21st. He actually will have um, two shows on Friday. Two shows on Saturday and one show on Sunday, October 23rd. Michael Rappaport, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, the first Friday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in November. Fullhousecomedy.com. My friends at Sarah Honda Granville want you to reach out to them. S E R R A Honda Granville. S E R R A Honda Granville.com. If you are in the market, for a brand new or a certified pre-owned uh, vehicle. My gosh. So the way this works now is you go to Sarah Honda Granville along Kenwa Avenue here in the west side of the state in Michigan. Um, and you test drive whatever vehicle that you're interested in. And then you're like, this is awesome. I'm taking it home. And they go, no, you are not. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Uh, you have to figure out what you want on your vehicle. Well, I want all the best options. I want everything top of the line, and I want it in this color. And they go, congratulations. You have just custom purchased your vehicle. Okay. Can't wait. Let's go. Let's. No, it's, it's going to be two weeks for them to custom make your vehicle and then bring it here. We will prep it. You come get it, and off you go. And they might even deliver it to your house. Sarah Honda Granville. 
Okay. Also, a uh, there's hundreds of certified pre-owned vehicles there that are like new. Uh, you can check out the inventory or shop in person. Sarah, HondaGranville.com. Uh, several things about football that we need to talk about. There's injuries. One coach is an asshole. Another coach rages. Oh, my God. But I think it's important to start with same old Lions. Now, some of you don't give a shit about the Detroit Lions, but you know I do. You know I do. And, okay, I picked them at 1-16 and 16 this year. Now, in the back of my mind, there was some Kool-Aid being infused into my soul and my system that maybe they're not that bad. Maybe they'll win more than that. And I think that after winning three games last year, to win six this year, you know, it's that whole, we're, we're growing. We're on the right track. We're still shitty, but we're getting better. And doggone it, we're trying hard. And uh, that became kind of like uh, more front and center with the whole hard knocks thing. You know, this coach is like, ah, we're eating iron and we're gritty and we're tough. And, you know, Aiden Hutchinson sings a Michael Jackson song. Deuce Staley's just hysterical. Uh, Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, is just all fired up, man. Everybody's all pumped up. We got uh, we got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. How about you? Rah! They suck dick. This team is terrible. Their offense does seem to score a lot of points, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you score uh, 40-plus points a game if your defense gives up 48. Oh, shit. So bad. They scored 45 points and lost. The Seattle Seahawks didn't punt once in the game. What the fuck? They fall 48 to 45. Um, you know, it was wash, rinse, repeat. I was I didn't watch a second of the game. I listened to it, listening to Dan and Lomas. Who Lomas, God bless him, man. Some of the things he says, when I describe them, you'll never ever be able to not hear it. Um, it an, I know that the word success is success. I know, what was the other word that he says that just isn't quite right? Um, oh, God. Strength is strength. And it's, it's so preposterous. And this isn't like, I don't know what it is. I'm not sure what causes that at, to happen. Success and strength. If the li- It's like a sentence would be, if the Lions are going to have any success, they're going to have to play to their strengths. Not even kidding. Uh, also, he says the word again. He'll say again. 
The Lions aren't playing to their strengths again. He just always, for no reason at all, throws in the word again. And then he calls, he says Dan's name too much. Like, you know he's talking to Dan, but you don't have to preface those sentence. If the Lions are going to have to have success, they're going to have to play to their strength. You can't say, again, Dan, in order for the Lions to have success, they're going to have to play to their strengths. Strengths, Dan. Again, can't do that. And no one is air-checking Lomas. It's, it's ugly. It's just terrible. Uh, so every time I hear... Dan Miller, who, when he gets excited, you got to peel this guy off the ceiling. I, I, I'm i just, I've never been comfortable listening to these guys. Nice guys, but, oh, God. Um, big third down here. Eagle uh, for the Seahawks. Third down. Lions got to dial up something. Uh, Aaron Glenn on the defensive side. Third and four for the Seahawks. Oh, and it's a 35-yard gain. Wash, rinse, repeat the whole game. They just sucked. Oh, my God. Uh, they they, they kind of were plucky and hung in there and even had a chance with a minute to go when they kicked an onside kick. And they, had a, they ended up uh, having to call up some kicker off the street to be the kicker and he was terrible he's missing every extra point it was just awful these guys suck uh, and I'll talk about this on the huge show this week because I am hosting on Wednesday um, when the Lions started out 0-1 but they performed pretty well against Philly everybody was like moral victory uh, but especially Bill Simonson's like oh man I I hate to focus on moral victories, but that was a moral victory for the Lions. And then the the worst thing happened. They won the following weekend against Washington. <clears throat> so now they're one and one. And uh, they spent, Bill spends a week talking up the Lions as they're preparing for the road game against the Vikings, which was also a disaster. Up 10 minutes with nine and a half. Uh, minutes to, uh, I'm sorry, up 10 points with nine and a half minutes to go. They choked that shit off all week long. Ding dong. Simonson is carrying on. I remember listening to one segment where he was, um, going over the schedule game by game leading into the Minnesota game. And, uh, he's working all these scenarios about how many wins that they're going to have. And he's like, well, all right, uh, in this scenario, I got him at uh, 10 or 11 and 6. And then he does uh, another scenario. But if this happens and then this happens and then this happens and then this guy gets hurt, I got him at uh, a 12 and 5. And, uh, and then he actually got to a point where he was describing the Lions. I mean, he would like go, all right, uh, uh, Chicago, well, that, well, that one's a win. Uh, Vikings, yeah, that, and if they win this one, and then this, I think they could be, and I swear to God, he actually uh, said, we could be looking at a 13-win season. All right? Ridiculous. Um, so I blame Bill. I blame Bill on this. 
as soon as Bill started talking shit about the Lions uh, having a successful football season, they've gone in the tank since then. They're now one and three. The Packers win again last night. Um, The season's over. It's already over. I don't even know how they play next. Doesn't matter. Jesus, so bad. Just hideous. Um, However, there was a scorigami yesterday. Did you see that? You're like, what is that? Um, A scorigami is when a score happens in the NFL that has never, ever happened before. And this one I was shocked because the final score being 48 to 45, that is the first time that that score has ever happened in all of the years of NFL football. That is the 1,703 or third scoring combination. Rarest. First time that's happened. See, with all the scoring combinations, like you got to figure that, uh, you know, if you were to look at like seven to nothing, that is a possible scoring combination, which obviously has happened uh, uh, many, many times. The first time it happened, that was the scorigami. Uh, There's some dude that came up with this concept not long ago for Scorigami. And uh, here you go. Let me let me share this with you. You see on the Lions game, it's a Scorigami right here, 48 to 45. Everything in green here is a, uh, okay, the winning team score is the top. And then on the side is the losing team score. And it makes a grid. So if you were to look at 48, Okay, and then go down to 45, you would see the Lions, the Lions score and that it, it, it happened. Now, this is crazy. There is a possibility. Let's see, you could have a six to two game and you could believe it or not. And I don't know how this is, but there is a way to have a final score of six to one. See this white spot here where it says six to one. There is a way to have a six to one game. And, and I, the, my first thought is how could that possibly be? And then this video on Scorigami indicates that it is possible. Now I haven't sat through the itself. video. It's not mathematically um, achievable. One to one is an impossible. I haven't sat through the video long enough to figure out uh, what, how, how that could possibly be. But I guess it is a possibility. Okay, let me uh, back this up, and I'm going to share it with you. Audio, audio check, video check. Here you go. In the NFL, a one to nothing score is impossible, right? You can't just score one point by itself. It's not mathematically achievable. One to one is an impossible score. So are two to one, three to one, four to one, five to one, and seven to one. Six to one is possible. Thanks to an obscure loophole in the NFL rulebook, a final score of six to one can technically happen. It would require a turn of events so staggeringly, stupidly unlikely that I'm almost positive it will never happen under current NFL rules. But because it's technically possible, a score of six to one is the crown jewel of scoregami. A <laughs> okay, so. He says it can happen. Uh, Let's see. Josh says, when I was in sixth grade, we won a game two to nothing. I wonder if a a two nothing game has ever happened. Let's see. Let's go back. 
No, we have not seen a 2 nothing game. Uh... We have not seen a 73 to nothing game. All these white spots on the scoring are things that have not happened. And all the green have happened. So I need to watch that full video and figure out how the hell you get a six to one game. Uh, fantasy football. Your old pal Eric Zane was taking on Ben Glaze. Uh, the problem for poor Ben, as he goes into the weekend, 3-0 and oh, somehow. I don't know how the hell he managed to be 3-0 and oh going into our matchup because his quarterback is Mitchell Trubisky, who was benched for the Steelers midway through that game so that spells doom for him. He's screwed. I kicked his ass. Uh, the game is not official yet, but uh, all of our players have performed. I don't know how it can say that I have only a 98% of winning when all of the people that are on his team and all of the people that are on my team have already played. But, uh, yeah, uh, let's see. Tennessee final five. No, no, I take it back. Uh, he has one player that is playing tonight. So if T Higby, a tight end, don't even know the fuck that is scores like a million points. Ben will win, but uh, he only has a 2% chance of doing that. So I'm kicking his ass and uh, there you go. Hope you all did well. I am loving this. I made some transactions in order to bolster up the team. Got that tight end from KC, Brait. What the fuck's his first name? I never know players' first names because I don't know shit about football. Cameron Brait, is that it? And it just has their first initial. So if it's a player that's not on the lines, I don't know who the fuck that is. But okay, man, I think I'm going to move up the leaderboard. I might be top 10 out of the 20 teams that we have after this week. Some of these fuckers, like D's nuts, that asshole, he's got Jalen Hurts, so I offered a trade. Uh, my kicker for Jalen Hurts, he shot that one down. So I'm offering all these ridiculous trades, hoping that these assholes will take me up on it. Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, J-Dog Sparky from Threads Podcast. Uh, Jason Terry. I offered him Odell Beckham Jr., who is not active, and I don't even think he's on a team. For Patrick Mahomes, who is just ridiculous. My God. Is there any doubt as to who is... I think that the Chiefs are just going to be so damn good. I mean, I think they are so damn good. And I think that they, they, they may win it all this year. Uh, Kyle says, did anyone have the Vikings kicker? He kicked six field goals. Field goals since Cousins sucks as a quarterback. Yeah, well, maybe he did yesterday, but he didn't suck against the Lions. All right. Ah, man. Okay. Let's see. What did Kenny screw up? Yeah, Kenny, of course he, of course he posted that. Wasn't there something? Because people are giving Kenny shit. You're going to spoil a story, Kenny. And he, of course, did. 
He always hears shit. He always hears shit in his... He has a pretty good sense of what's going on, okay? And then he'll talk about it here, and the which then tips everybody off. And now he's all, oh, no, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, you did. I'm looking at it. He wrote, before I even gave it away, he wrote, wasn't there something significant about the final st- score of the Lions game? Yes. You can't help yourself. You have to throw it out there. It's I. My audience is composed of people who demand attention. They demand attention. So what they do then is they take stuff like this and they throw it out there to get, you know, shit like this rolling. And it's a horrible illness. It's a, it's a, it's a, a complete defect. No one too often, people can't just sit there and enjoy the show. That's what Aram did. That's what Kenny does. In fact, I'm going to, I, I need to know what, what is going on in your brain that makes you have to do this. So incoming call for our old pal, Kenny. Why wouldn't we? Holy shit. Oh. Dude. Kenny, good morning. How are you? Uh, well, I mean, it was starting out to be a pretty good morning. And I purposefully said what I said, the way that I said it. And I even said, you know, I'm trying not to spoil it in case he's planning on, you know, uh-huh. mentioning it. Uh-huh. And I was uh-huh. waiting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wouldn't it be just cool if he just waited and then the show happens and then you go, oh, wow, he didn't mention it. Because if you mention it, if you mention it, then this whole cycle starts amongst everybody typing and rat-a-tat-tatting. You know, it probably would be cool if you just laid low. Do you know how many Twitch streamers out there wish they had an active chat? Oh. That? Okay, so now you're telling me what I should want. <laughs> now now it's gone from first it was I didn't. Now it was you should want what I want you to want, right? No, 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 no. It's not me. There's You just said it. You just there. said it. You just said, you know how many people want an active chat. <laughs> hey, it's true, man. All right. Well, you go ahead and knock yourself out. I really don't care. I'm just teasing you. All right. But, hey, I need to have full disclosure here, though. Like, I first typed out, what about the score, Gami? <laughs> oh, you were going to actually write that. I mean, that's the thing, man. My brain is just, you know, I'm like, well, he hasn't mentioned this, and I type it all. And then I'm like, backspace, delete. I'm like, dumbass, what are you doing? <laughs> Oh God! Right. So I corrected it. I corrected it. Um, let me ask you a question: Are you actually <laughs> on the clock for your job right now? Yeah, and that's another thing is like I'm, um, you know, trying to multitask, which doesn't really work out. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know. Just focus on the job would be <laughs> probably would help the taxpayers, right? Well, I mean, I should probably listen back just to the podcast and quit the live stuff, right? You do you, Kenny. <laughs> you do you. Everybody everybody likes the chat. Everybody loves the chat. 
Well, except for you, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no problem. Hey, what did um did you have a uh did uh, your lady friend leave town? Yeah, she had to get back. She had to get back home. You sound sheepish in your answer. <laughs> Obviously, that was a Patreon joint. <laughs> we didn't say that you had a visitor. Uh, no. Oh, so that's a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. It's just that you know there might be people listening going, "What?" I oh, mean, because okay. that was all on Patreon. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I, I thought I I didn't realize that. Well, um, okay. Well, uh, that that's I'm sure that you were a gentleman. You may, you maybe uh, shared a meal and sent her on her way back to her hometown. I didn't send her. She had to go. She had to leave. You yeah. she, you 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 squired her about town, as Ron Burgundy would say. <laughs> we made a trek through Nashville. I had to hit up a, a, a the best barbecue place in town. Right? Did you uh, at any one point catch yourself sniffing your fingers? I mean, I mean, after the barbecue, after the barbecue. <laughs> no, I wash my hands really well. Uh, Tyler says you guys shared a cream pie and called it a weekend. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, Kenny. Uh, great job as always. Carry on. And uh, yeah. All right, so I get a thumbs up. I didn't spoil it, right? No, you didn't spoil it, you asshole. I just wanted to talk to you and drop my stupid stinky finger joke. <laughs> All right. Okay, see ya. There you go. Holy shit. Absolute legend. Um. All right. So there you go. Fantasy football wins. Scorigami is stupid. Actually, it's not. I'm actually interested. I want to find out about... Uh, uh, six to one score. I, there was a, um, I think we had, we had a really, really rough, um, Muppety flippity moment that I need to get to. But first, uh, take a look at this in the lions game. Uh, DK Metcalf. All right. Of the Seattle Seahawks. He was carted off. And it's like, oh, no, this is a bad injury. This guy's in trouble. But he's like, he's like, uh, looks to be all right. You know? But I don't think he is. He's, he's going to the locker room. Audio check, video check. From Twitter. DK Metcalf on the cart being taken from the field moments ago. Seven catches in the game, 149 yards. DK Metcalf. He had to shit. Uh, DK Metcalf uh, had was complaining of cramps. And, he's, and then uh, he's on the field and he indicated that he had to go poo so bad that if he tried to walk it off, like walk off the field, he would have crapped his pants. Speaking to reporters, he shared he began to have a tummy ache mid-game, took the cart to the bathrooms on the far end of the field as opposed to walking. It might have been a good decision. Later on Twitter, he said it, was, it would have been unlikely that he would have made it. Oh, my God. 
It makes you wonder. They should have like some temporary structure on the sidelines to uh, to be able to do that. Despite the sight of Metcalf being cut off the field, which initially spurred fears he'd suffered some sort of injury. Uh, potty break amounted a little bit more than a blip on the radar of what was an excellent day. Metcalf finished the game with eight catches, 149 yards. Athletes having to do their business during games is usually left unsaid. Metcalf joins a group of players who've admitted, uh, admitted having used the bathroom midway through a game. One of the most famous examples being Paul Pierce, the Boston Celtics, who admitted in 2019 that he left a game midway through the 2008 NBA Finals to take a dump in a wheelchair. They're like, oh, no, Paul Pierce. He's like, get me the hell out of here. Linda says, Eric can relate. Boy, can I. You are not kidding. Uh, Corey says props to him for not trying to hide it. I had a close call. When was it? Oh, the other day at the gym, just before um, on Thursday, it was like, I was finishing up a mile. Re, uh, a, a, it was actually a two and a half mile repeat. And I had like a 10th of a mile to go and I'm just killing it. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I, I think I better go, but I don't, I don't know. I, I don't feel that bad right now, but I better just in case. So in the recovery, which is just five minutes standing, waiting for your body to recover. I'm like, oh no. And uh, off like a bat out of hell. And thank God, if I had, uh, if it had timed out differently, it may have been an absolute issue. Um, side note concerning running, we are just under two weeks away from the Grand Rapids Half Marathon. The folks at the AT Children's Project today should have what I can publish, which is an opportunity for you to bet on who's going to win the Grand Rapids Half between Mike Ball and myself. Mike and I have challenged each other again, or I challenged him. He beat the hell out of me last year. And you you bet who's going to win the half marathon. And then you put a time for the margin of victory. If you pick Mike, 20 minutes, and you're closest, you win $300. Second closest, $200. Third closest, $100. I'll be posting that in the next couple of days where you can make that bet. Each bet costs $25 at least. You can bet more if you like. You can put in five bets and improve your chances. Okay? Every bet you make, you can make as many bets as you want. This is all done as a fundraiser for the AT Children's Project. Now, Mike has added this. He is so confident that he's going to beat me uh, that he's doubled the purse. I have not doubled the purse, but if you pick me and uh, five minutes or whatever, and I happen to beat him by five minutes, uh, you would win $600. And then $400 for second, $200 for third, third closest. And I've been stressing to you that there's no way I'm going to pull that off. Because last year, Mike ran about a buck 40, an hour 40 for that thing. He just absolutely destroyed it. And um, I was fortunate to be about 225. That's really, really slow. I barely made it. I almost didn't finish. I was in so much pain. 
said, I'm never going to do that again, yet here I am. Still think I'll be able to be sub two hours, which is an improvement, but it still sucks. Okay. Um, so I will have gotten faster, but at some point along the way, Mike has indicated to me that he's been very injured and not feeling well at all. Uh, Maureen says we need an update on Mike Ball's health injuries before we place our bet. I have that right now. He ran a marathon yesterday, and he's been complaining about his uh, injury. Now, unless he sandbagged it through the race yesterday and didn't, and just purposely was slow, which I don't believe that. I believe he might actually not feel great. Um, he ran it in about five hours and 45 minutes, which is like slower than what I ran that half marathon last year. So either he just slogged his way through it at about 12 minutes a mile, or he's faking it just to show up a time of that. I wouldn't put it past Mike for the race to start and just to drag the tr- uh, chip across the starting line, wait about five and a half hours and then drag it back just to register the time so that I'd see it. I should probably bring him in here because full disclosure, Mike is not feeling well. I'm, uh, things are, things are rough. And I encouraged him, hey, you should not be doing a marathon. This was Mike's 38th state to complete a marathon in. Uh, I don't know if we'll get him. He might be traveling back from uh, from Maine, whatever. But uh, he definitely had a tough day. This Mike. Sorry, I'm unable to take it. Sorry, buddy. Okay. So that is information you need when it comes to making your bet. Um, so that's rough. That is not something. I mean, he's capable of a, you know, three hour, 30 minute marathon. Easy. Well, yeah, he's capable of it. I mean, he had a buck 40 for the half, so. Um, yeah, he's absolutely capable. If he was in the shape right now that he was last year, he would have been sub 330. As it was, he was over 530, which is a bummer. So you need that information. He may, now I didn't realize that he was having such a hard time till recently. And he's like, look, Eric, um, there is, uh, I, I'm struggling. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't believe you. But it may be he's screwed up. All right. We'll check back with him a little later on. Uh, okay. There was a flippity muppity injury yesterday in the NFL. Actually, hold that thought. Thank you to Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. 616-532-6600. If you need your vehicle repaired, 
domestic, Asian, European, all makes and models. The only thing they really can't fix or won't fix is a Volkswagen. Irvine's, E-R Vines, Irvine's.com. Go to their website, check out their amazing Google reviews, 616-532-6600 for Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. A and E Heating and Cooling, 616-516-8579. Call now. Get your furnace tuned up, cleaned. After last year's usage, you need that thing tuned every single year. It's $79. Call and schedule 616-516-8579. Get on that schedule ASAP. The last thing you want to do is just flip it on and start heating business as usual from last year because there's all sorts of sensors and things that get filthy and dirty and it's uh, overall very inefficient when it hasn't been cleaned. Get peak efficiency when you get the thing serviced with A&E heating and cooling. And if you are in need of a new furnace or AC unit, they will install the best in the business. The Comfort Maker brand of furnaces and air conditioning, 616-516-8579. When it comes to being in uh, uh, the market for a mortgage, think about the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage, NMLS number 3035. Uh, They will work with you to get you the best deal possible. Rates are a little wonky right now. They're on the rise. You know, as we have this uh, shitty-ass recession that we're going through right now, I don't care what anybody says. We are going through a recession. It's not going to last forever. Uh, But we are in one. And I know a lot of you are like, it's Joe Biden's fault. It's like, "Ah, I don't know if I necessarily believe that either. You know, this little thing called a pandemic had a lot to do with it. But anyway, I digress. Uh, get yourself into a mortgage pre-approved. Find out exactly how much money you can get by reaching out to Mario at 231-332-6505. Okay. So some guy for the Minnesota Vikings, uh, like earned his way onto the team, you know? Uh, my God. He uh, was on the practice squad. Uh, Lewis Seen is his name. And uh, he's on kickoff return. He's one of those guys who's trying to block people for the guy who's returning the kick. And, uh, uh-oh, works his tail off to get back on the team. Now, this one may have been the closest that we're going to see in quite some time to the actual foot falling off, foot slash leg. Audio check, video check. The uh, Saints love those unis, by the way. They uh, they are punting. And you will see something. You're like, wait, what did I just see? And it's it's quick, but you'll definitely see it. Lewis Seen's foot nearly fall off. Darius Smith is a Packer. Now they love him. Now they're buying his jersey. Wait for it. Right. There. Okay. Now that was a little too fast. I've got a slow-mo version for you. Okay. This is the slow-mo version. This is the one that's going to get you. Might make you throw up. Right there. Owie. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. Oh, okay. That wasn't a good view. Okay. Right there. Oh, my gosh. Did you see that thing snap? Oh, that's rough. Oh, that is... uh. 
That is an underrated uh, uh, flippity muppity. And not only did it crack in half, but it stayed there. Boy, did it stay there. Oh, shit. One for the ages. One more time for keeping score at home. Oh, Oh, Jesus, if you are listening to the audio podcast, you're either going to race towards seeing that or you're like, I am never, ever going to watch it. Wow. That was incredible. Lewis seen again, full speed. Smith is a Packer. Now they love it. Now they're buying his jersey. He probably didn't have to. No, force it on does either. No. Oh. Working to the edge. Rager. Steps out of bounds near the 45-yard line. Look things over. An injured Viking okay. doing that return. Okay, they, now it looks like it's snapped back into place here. Okay? They, it doesn't look wonky in that shot. Look things over. An injured Viking during that return. Andy Dalt with that, relig- that ridiculous orange hair. Come on. At a timeout. A somber scene in London as Lewis seen the rookie first round pick of the Vikings who has been trying to work his way on. The I think they've got oxygen on him. the field. Didn't get any snaps on defense last week when Harrison Smith was out. He's probably in shock. A significant leg injury. A heartbreaking story here, guys. That rookie, Lewis Seen, who went down on special teams play. He had his leg air-casted. He is obviously out for the remainder of the game. He is also being transported to a local hospital for further evaluation on that injury. Oh, you hate to see that. The young man out of Georgia. She should have said he is out for the remainder of the game and the season. And uh, he will probably never play again. I'm always impressed. When they do come back, because, and it isn't so much because uh, it's healed, it's, I would be so gun-shy of it happening again. I've never suffered that type of catastrophic injury, but I'm told that when it happens, your body is flooded with all sorts of uh, pain-killing hormones. Uh, Kenny says the cast from Ted Lasso was in attendance for that game. I was just about to talk about that. I was just about to break down a huge story about the Ted Lasso cast because I'm really into that show now. And I was just about to, I'm kidding. I can't even, I can't even stay with that. (laughs) Oh, shit. That was just hideous. My God. Okay. I have more ridiculous things that I need to talk about from football. Uh, Okay. We had the Vikings guy breaking his leg. That was intense. Jesus. Uh, Bill Belichick went bonkers on the sidelines. Holy shit. Watch this one. He's pissed off. Something about the play clock. Packers beat Belichick and the Patriots. Uh, he is losing his shit. He just said, why? Something about resetting the, sh- the uh, play clock. They were like resetting the play clock that would have benefited the Packers. And he's like, why? A football move. They're going to have to punch. There's no God. There's no f- a fucking way. Why? Or something like that. I'm a not good at lip reading. Move. They're going to have to punch. 
There's no fucking way. That's what he said. Why? There's no fucking way. Ah! Oh, and go ahead, Gene. Throws a headset. Meanwhile, Belichick's livid. He's got his. Yeah, I think Coach is upset because what he doesn't the fuck like is the that? Play. Meanwhile, Belichick's livid. What the, what the fuck is yeah, that? I think Coach is upset because he doesn't like the play clock being reset right now. It's just an incomplete pass, and he doesn't want the offense to get this extra time right now, guys. The pass play. <laughs> what are you doing? What end. are you doing? Holy shit, that's awesome. Slamming that headset down, just destroying that thing. Oh. My God. All right. Now, one of you in the... Oh, shit. Could I not... Could you not see that shit? Oh, I fucked it up, didn't I? Okay. Let's just pretend that didn't happen. I'm such an asshole. Okay. Let's back up. You need to see this. This is Belichick. Ball move. They're going to have to punt. Look at... Throwing that... Go ahead, Gene. Meanwhile, Belichick's livid. He's got his... Yeah, I think Coach is upset because he doesn't like the play clock being reset right now. It's just an incomplete pass, and he doesn't want the offense to get this extra time right now, guys. The pass play, he's going to the ground from the air. That is that is something. Okay, now I need to touch on I got to really make sure that I, I get this right. Um, there's one of you in the audience who's going to be really upset at me. And it's, it's Linda. I just tipped it off. Nick Saban is such an asshole. Okay. I've never really liked Nick Saban. And frankly, I don't know why Linda, who's in the live chat audience, likes this guy too. He's a total dick. Okay. Now, I think she is in love with him because his team always wins. or And I think she actually... Uh, takes that cardboard cutout that she has of uh, him and lays it in her bed, okay? He's such a dick, and she's such a dumbass apologist. She writes, he didn't hear the question. That's what some people who love Nick Saban are suggesting. Um, Well, I wouldn't say he didn't hear the question. At best, he wasn't listening. But he's an absolute asshole. Okay? This guy is a dick. This reporter is, uh, she asked him a question about how resilient his team is. You just lost your star quarterback, and yet your team put together a great win against Arkansas. Let's talk about how resilient your team was. Saban ignores question about the team and says, how dare you ask me about our team? Uh, not ask me about our team on a day like today. What the fuck? This person wrote, always mad at the media about something. Nick Saban is an asshole. He will always be an asshole. I can't stand Nick Saban. Fuck him. Here he is. This reporter asked that question about the team, and this is his response. It's kind of hard to hear, but uh, sorry. Well, you know what I'd like to talk about is our team. You know, our team just won a game. That's what she asked you about, Dick. The resiliency of your team. Well, you know what I'd like to talk about is our team. You know, our team. She's like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I was asking you about. 
Just won a game on the road. It wasn't pretty all the time, but they made plays when they had to make it. We love Bryce. Bryce has got a sprained shoulder. You know, hopefully, you know, we'll get some diagnosis on him and see how he goes. But what about the game? What about the team? What about the players that play the game? Yeah, I just asked you about that. What about the team? What about the players that made the plays? He's the worst. I'm going to watch it again. Well, you know, what I'd like to talk about is our team. All right, that's it. He's annoying. Um, Linda saying he can't hear is, you know, for someone who seems to make sense all the time, how is it that when it comes to him, you stop making sense with what the rest of the world thinks. What is wrong with you? Kenny says he reminds me of Joe Biden right there. Absolutely. No, no. I think because of what just happened at the end of the show, something great may, may take place that I don't think has happened before. All right. I'm just saying. You you ha- if if someone I love acts like an asshole, I'm going to say, "Hey, you're really being an asshole." It's okay to drop the man I love him, but he sure is acting like an asshole. Now, I fortunately have not ever been on the receiving end of that type of accusation. Okay, but uh, I'm just setting up the, the, the table here for what you've stumbled into with your hardcore wanting to fillet Nick Saban. It is affecting your brain in an odd way. Okay, this is hot on the heels of you last week saying that it's okay to shoot people who show up on your porch. A little weird. But you did. You did do that. And it was a very unpopular opinion. Uh, if, if you continue down this road, I, I foresee some real anguish. You may uh, grow out your beard. Uh, live in a mold-infested house in the middle of Maine. You may turn on me and ride around and be ugly on a motorcycle. These are all things that could happen if you continue to go down this road. And we just don't want that. So stop being stupid. Some of you get those jokes. Uh, There was an Indonesian soccer catastrophe over the weekend. This was so screwed up. My God. Uh, So there's like 50,000 people in this packed stadium. Two soccer teams playing. The home team loses. People are pissed off and they storm the field. The Indonesian cops 
are not like under the scrutiny, uh, the uh, scrutiny of like cops here in the U.S. Nowadays, if you're a cop and people start to riot, you can't even tell them no uh, without, you know, all of a sudden there being outrage. Not so in, in, in Indonesia. If people get out of line in the country of Indonesia, the cops are going to kick your ass. And that's exactly what they did. And I don't even know if the video that I have here shows it, but the video that I saw when all these people ran out onto the field, all of a sudden the police show up and they're just like cheap shotting people and kicking people's ass. It was horrible. And then the cops go, all right, let's take care of this. They start launching grenade, uh, uh, smoke grenades, tear gas into the crowd. People start rushing towards one particular exit. And I don't know if you've ever seen the, uh, documentary on the Hillsboro uh, crush that killed all those people. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, whatever the fuck it is, in Liverpool. Uh, all those people died from suffocation from a crush of people. That is what happened here. Holy shit. Terrible. 125 people have uh, been killed in a crush and riot at a soccer match in Indonesia, officials said on Sunday. It is one of the world's worst ever stadium disasters. The tragedy unfolded on Saturday in Malang, in the province of East Java, after home side Arema FC lost 3-2 to Persebaya Surabaya. East Java police chief Nico Afinta said frustrated Arema supporters invaded the pitch. Officers responded by firing tear gas in an attempt to control the situation. Right, that, guy, that guy had nunchucks. Did you see that Bruce Lee motherfucker? Holy shit. Was that? He starts whipping around the nunchucks, but he actually showed some restraint. Fire. East Java police chief Nico Afinta said frustrated Arema supporters invaded the pitch. Officers responded. Uh, this guy right here. By firing Look at He whips him around. Gas in an attempt to control. But he didn't hit the dude. Control the situation, triggering the crush and cases of suffocation. Afinta claimed officers had been attacked and cars damaged and said the crush happened when fans fled for an exit gate. 180 were also injured. Among them was... It's up to like 300 now. 22-year-old Mohamed Rian Dwikiono, who said many friends had lost their lives because of officers who dehumanized us. The head of one of the hospitals in the area treating patients told Metro TV that some of the victims had sustained brain injuries and that the fatalities included a five-year-old child. Oh, for God's sake. On Sunday, Malang residents gathered outside the stadium to lay flowers. Indonesia's president, Joko Widodo, has ordered the Football Association of Indonesia to suspend all games in the top league until an investigation has been completed. World Soccer's governing body FIFA has requested a report on the incident from Indonesia's PSSI Soccer Association. In its safety regulations, FIFA specifies that no firearms or crowd control gas should be carried or used by stewards or police. East Java police did not immediately respond to a request for comment on whether they were aware of such regulations. Yeah, they don't care about that. They're just like, fuck I it. need business communication that works. Let's go kick some ass. Let's, I mean, this isn't like, you know, these cops in Indonesia need any real training. Uh, if, if you want to be a cop in Indonesia, you got to walk into the police force building and say, yeah, I want to be a cop. They go, do you want to kick some ass? Yes. 
All right, if you're willing to beat the shit out of soccer hooligans, all right, uh, you too can be a cop. Holy crap. That was absolutely ridiculous. Hmm. Man. So, um, yeah, that was just hideous to watch, too. I didn't know that they called the field the pitch in soccer until I watched Ted Lasso, says Kenny. Cool. Thanks for that tidbit. My God. Uh, All right, closer to home. We're getting close to the election. And sometimes when you get close to an election, there's like a November surprise or something close to a November surprise. This isn't a November surprise, but it's an October surprise. And it's a big surprise because, uh, well, in the uh, House of Representatives, this district in Grand Rapids, uh, it was it was a chair held by this guy named Peter Meyer. And this was the guy who won. In fact, he was in the studio when he was running for his position and he won it a couple years ago and then he lost it because uh, right after he started his term as a member of the House of Representatives out of this district here in uh, in Michigan for the United States, uh, he was involved in the Capitol riot. He was in the chamber when it all happened and He then, though a Republican, voted to impeach Trump. And he was very outspoken about Trump. And, um, well, around here, you don't say anything bad about Trump. People around here love Trump. Uh, Though the county that um, Trump should have won, he didn't didn't win this most recent election. He'll tell you that it was a, a scam, but it wasn't. Um. And so he ended up losing Michigan. This, this whole thing is very involved. But uh, this guy, Peter Meyer, uh, sealed his own fate when he voted to impeach Trump. So then there was a um, this upcoming primary. He should have won that. and uh, But even though he was the incumbent, he didn't even win the primary. This dude named John Gibbs, a black guy, won the primary. So he's running up against a Democrat named Hillary Skolton for that seat. Um, so, and then all the Trump people are like, see, we're not racist. We love the blacks. In voting for this dude. Uh, Gibbs, though, it seems like a normal guy. I don't, I don't know anything about the guy. Uh, all I know is is the attack ads. You know, there's attack ads on Skolton. There's attack ads on Gibbs. I never believe any of them. Uh, as you know, I'm uh, until unless I'm there's any reason to think otherwise. Uh, I'm voting blue, and and that's because I'm just tired of all the red bullshit. But fuck it, that's just my opinion, and I just felt like throwing it in there. But this guy Gibbs, he should win. Okay, in a Republican um, district. He that that should happen. He should beat Skolton. However, this just unfolded. And I don't know how much it's going to affect things, but it sure is interesting. 
Trump-backed House candidate has argued against women's right to vote. Oh, 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 shit. Fuck. Now, probably one of the biggest things election-wise that can be focused on is abortion rights. And women in general are super pissed. All right. In Michigan here, there's that proposal three that is going to pass. And it is going to make it so that women can go get abortions. You can't right now because of Roe v. Wade. And it's all, oh, it's just crazy. You got this, you got a Democratic uh, AG says, I'm not prosecuting anything. And you got a, a Democratic governor that says, no, no, no. I say, let's go kill some babies. So you don't want to be the guy who's announcing that women shouldn't be able to vote. Now, he did it a while ago. Now, if I'm John Gibbs and it's found out that at one point I said women should not be allowed to vote, the only thing he can do now is to rush to a microphone and say, well, that sure was dumb when I thought that way. I'm glad I've matured as a man and squash that fucking thing down. You got to dive. You got to lean into that shit. Trust me on this one. Gibbs. Uh, he once said the country would be better if women could not govern or vote and argued that patriarchy is the best model for the continued success of a society. Now, this is not the time, the day and time to be saying women deserve less than what men have. Oh, my God. He made the arguments online in the early 2000s when he was a student at Stanford. According to CNN's K-File, which unearthed pages from his site via Internet Archive Services. So did they use the Wayback Machine to, to, to determine this shit? He may be able to pull up. Yeah, I don't know. I was hacked. Somebody who was in charge of my website said those things. Uh, let's see. Gibbs founded what he called a think tank named the Society for the Critique of Feminism, which was hosted on his personal page at Stanford in 2000 and 2001. On that forum, he argued that the country would be better off if women could not vote or govern, asserted that women are not as capable as men at thinking logically. Fuck quote, without relying upon emotional reasoning and contended it's not a father's primary task to raise children, whereas it is the mother's. <laughs> oh, shit! Some argue that in a democratic society, it's hypocritical or unjust for women who are 50% of the population not to have the vote. Gibbs argued, this is obviously not true since the founding fathers who understood liberty and democracy better than anyone did not believe so. In addition, all people under age 18 cannot vote, although they too compromise a significant portion of the population. So we cannot say that women should be able to vote simply because they are a large part of the population. Oh boy. So he really broke it down there. He said, yeah, they're 50% of the population. 
But 18 and under are also a significant portion of the population, and they can't vote. So that are, that uh, logic does not apply. And that's ridiculous. Most people uh, don't want an 18 or uh, under person to vote because, well, young people don't think straight. Some would argue you can't even think straight over 40. But to say, so what he's saying there is men can think, women cannot, and 18 and under cannot. At the end of the argument, he wrote, thus, we conclude that increasing the size and scope of government is unequivocally bad. All right. And since women's suffrage has caused this to occur on a larger scale than any other cause in history, we conclude that the United States has suffered as a result of women's suffrage. His words, 22 years ago, 21 years ago, we conclude that the United States has suffered as a result of women's suffrage. Now, I think you would have better luck defending yourself if you said anything but this. There's there's a way to dodge out of shit. I don't know how you dodge out of that. In another section, he wrote, quote, the Bible clearly articulates the, the idea that women should not teach or maintain positions of power. Oh, shit. Right now, as I say this, the dozens of people that are enjoying my show, half of them are women. Well, a third. And they're furious with this, and I don't blame you. John Gibbs also says, although the reason is not expressly mentioned, it must be due to the nature of women, as in their differing mental characteristics. This is shit we should, that should be written in like 1900. This is 2001. Since every other command for living in the Bible is based on the condition of man, he wrote. In other words, because women do not possess the characteristics necessary to govern. And since women have a more important task to do, which is prepare the next generation, they are commanded not to rule. John Gibbs said this shit. Another of his arguments was titled, why is it that women should be the ones to take care of the children? It's clear, he wrote, that, quote, the female species were the ones selected by nature to rear children. He adds, be aware, however, that we are not advocating that men have no part whatsoever in raising their children, he wrote. On the contrary, we believe that fathers should be an integral part of the upbringing of their children. We simply believe that this is not the father's primary task, whereas It is the mothers. Anne-Marie Scheiber, a spokesperson for Gibbs' campaign, told CNN that Gibbs did not actually believe women shouldn't be allowed to vote or work and advanced the online arguments, quote, to provoke the left on campus and draw attention to the hypocrisy of some modern-day feminists. I don't know if that softens the blow of this. 
CNN's K-File reported last year on Gibbs' history of promoting baseless conspiracy theories, including one that suggested Democrats participated in a satanic ritual. On Gibbs' campaign website, he voices support for an array of textbook right-wing issues, including Second Amendment, repealing the abortion rights, and reforming elections based on Trump's lies about the 2020 vote. Gibbs also echoes elements of the racist great replacement theory in his section on immigration, arguing that immigration is now being weaponized as a political tool by the left in order to replenish their voter base. Shoo. This is weird. This is, uh, this is John Gibbs right here. That's the guy. Oh man. That is murky. That is some dark, dark shit. And I'm not talking about his skin. Holy cow. We'll see if there's more response to this or if they just sweep it under the rug. Uh, Runner girl says the Bible should have nothing to do with anything in government. Separation of church and state. Well, yeah, but guess what? That's not the way it is in a lot of places. Uh, Maureen refers to dude as a caveman. Has anyone asked if he still believes this? Well, I think that the um, response by the spokesperson is all we really need to hear. If you were smart, you would say, yes, he doesn't believe any of that right now. That is that is, this is a different person. People's opinions on things like this change. He was a young, idealistic college student at the time. Fortunately, he doesn't think like an idiot. However, however, I don't know if you're going to see that because I'm not going to lie to you. A lot of the people that would vote for John Gibbs believe what that guy's saying. You know, they actually believe that. Oh, fuck. That is tough. How can you go through life and then, you you know, like, because he's got a, there's an ad that uh, is out where he's with his mother, you know, and he's very homespun and it's sweet and kind. He needs to do another ad with his mom where she fucking punches him in the face. You know, Chris writes, it doesn't matter if he still believes that this is politics. Once you say it, it's written in stone. See, I, I don't believe that. I think there's a way out. I really do. I really do believe that. I mean, I used to be a homophobe. Okay. If someone brought up to me, Hey, yeah, you used to be a homophobe. I was like, yeah, you're GD right. I was. And thank God. Uh, I'm not anymore. You know, that's, that's what. We need to start to wrap our minds around people are different as time passes, you know? But if you remain uh, uh, stubborn on the issue and don't acknowledge the previous mistakes you've made, you will never, ever grow as a human being. That's why I'm so much better than all of you, okay? How many times have I had to cover this with you that you all being... uh, uh, not malleable word of the day 
will always be secondary to me. You must adapt. Cole says Zane used to be a homophobe. Now he can't get enough dick. No, that is not true. There's probably 3% of me that's a homosexual. That is not enough to warrant penis in my mouth. But I am changing every day. All right. John Gibbs is fucked. I hope he loses the election. Guy's an asshole. Thank you to the Kent County Health Department. Accesskent.com slash health is their website. Go there. If you need any information about the WIC program, vaccinations, breastfeeding the baby, personal health services, any type of uh, infectious disease tests, seriously, monkeypox vaccine, okay? Some of you guys that are into random gay sex, you need the monkeypox vaccine. If you're like, you know what? I'm going to go slay some asshole this weekend. You need the monkeypox vaccine. Don't be what you want to put your ding-dong into, an asshole. Thank you to the health department. Thank you to TC Paintball. We've got a paintball war coming up, paintball war number 20 on October 16. All right, RSVP, send me an email, eric at ericzaneshow.com, subject line, paintball, if you want to go. I need bodies. I always need bodies there. Rick wants 30 of you. If you've been thinking about uh, joining the paintball wars, they're so much fun. Get the kids, gather up the neighborhood kids, be the dad leader. Bring the group to paintball. TCPaintballGR.com. When it comes to tech, I trust Blue Frost IT. You should too for your small or medium-sized business. Online at BlueFrostIT.com. They will help you get everything squared away. I'm losing my voice, so I'm just going to rip through these sponsors and call it a day. My voice is killing me. Thank you to Johnson Carpet One Discount Outlet in Granville, Michigan. Online, uh, when you search online and find them, Johnson Carpet One Discount Outlet directions to the store on Chicago Drive, right behind Little Caesars. The lowest price for flooring anywhere. I can promise you that. Bosco's Pub, part of Terra Square. Awesome. Thank you for being part of the show. Get a burger at Bosco's. Uh, football, basketball season starting up. We will be going to Bosco's before games. Uh, last week, we finished the week with the asshole of the day. Your old pal, Eric Zane. I forget why. I don't remember what I did. I did something that warranted it. Okay. I have two people who could be the asshole of the day. It could be Nick Saban. But I think we're better off the ultimate Nick Saban apologist. That would be radio voice Linda for making up excuses as to why he had such an assholish response. Linda, wake up. You got to abandon this guy. He's an idiot. 
Nick Saban is an asshole, and so is Linda for making up excuses about him. Horrible. What are you doing? She said she proudly takes that bullet. I think that's your first one. My God. Has she had it again? She's. This isn't the first time, right? Is this? Uh, am I remembering this correctly? She has had it in the past? I don't remember. Wow, she beat out John Gibbs. Yeah, Gibbs is on another level. Holy cow. <clears throat> no, it's your first one. Congrats to you. Okay, folks, thanks for putting up with me. My voice is killing me, so I'm cutting this short. Have a great one. I'll recharge, have some tea, and then Patreon bonus podcast. I think. Thank you so much. Talk to you down the road. Bye-bye.